Hi, welcome to the Motivations Podcast. I'm your host for today, Katie. Um, I'm really excited for today's interview with Jana Danziger, a friend and former colleague. Um, She has some interesting insight to share with you about the world of pelvic health occupational therapy. So I will let her introduce herself to you. Here's Jana. Enjoy. So Jana, welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you, Katie. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. Um, So first off, I'm just going to ask you to give a a brief rundown of who you are and what you do. Sure, would love to. So my name is Jana Danziger, and I'm an occupational therapist. Um, I think we graduated around the same time in 2011. Yes. And uh, from Mac, from McMaster. Um, and I've kind of, I've dabbled in a bunch of areas, which I think many OTs have, but, um, an area that I'm really passionate about that I'm working in right now is pelvic health. And, um, I'm working both privately and in a clinic. Uh, the clinic is called advanced pelvic. It's, it's at one, two, three Edward street, which is right across from Mount Sinai. So, super convenient for okay. people downtown and, and subway accessible and close to you guys at U of T. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, and, and also privately. So seeing clients in their homes, sometimes it's much more convenient prenatal postpartum, especially those clients, um, as you probably know, don't get out as much, much, mm-hmm. much more uh, homebound, especially early postpartum. So I sort of bring my show on the road and <laughs> bring my bag of goodies and, and go to see people um, when it's convenient for them. So that's sort of, that's kind of what I'm doing in the pelvic floor world right now. Um, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is good. And, and it's, it's also covered by insurance if people have that coverage, which uh. is good. Yes, that's key. Um, I like that part a lot. So we could, mm-hmm. you know, we give a receipt you can submit for for insurance. What I, what isn't great is that OT isn't always explicitly labeled on people's insurance. So, right, that's been a longstanding issue. But, mm-hmm. and so they have to go through sort of an allied health professional fund that they may or may not have. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. I mean. Um, sometimes it's bucketed in with PT and other, the other allied health stuff, but I kind mm-hmm. of ask people to check whether they have coverage or not. Mm-hmm. The clinic automatically, you know, it's fee for service. So you, you pay at the clinic and then you get um, a, a receipt for insurance and then you can try and hopefully recoup the cost. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and for those who are not familiar, so as you know, um, I'm a runner and I was pregnant before and I'm now a mom. So I am very familiar with sort of pelvic floor health. Um, and I know some people might be familiar or have heard of physios working in pelvic health. Um, but I'm just wondering for those who are completely unfamiliar with what the area of practice looks like and what you actually do, Mm -hmm. can you just give sort of an overview of what pelvic health is and why it's important? 
for sure. So many of us don't think of the pelvis as like a muscular entity, but there are three layers of muscles that kind of hold up your organs in your lesser pelvis, your lower pelvis. And that can be um, in women, like your, your bladder, followed by your uterus, followed by your rectum. Um, and so the layer of muscles can become deconditioned, overly tight, lax, uh, painful, anything can happen. I like to kind of think of the pelvic floor, though, as part of a whole system. So mm-hmm. it's you have your pelvic floor, which you can imagine kind of those three layers that are above your pubic bone. And then you have um, muscles that wrap around your whole torso, which is usually called, referred to as a deep core. Or some people will say transversus abdominis in the front and then your back muscles, mul- multifidus in the back. Um, obliques, all of those core muscles are kind of like the barrel, the sides of the barrel, your pelvic floor Mm -hmm. would be the bottom of the barrel. And then the top of the barrel is your diaphragm. So the primary breathing muscle. And when you think of the pelvic floor in that context, it's one of of four uh, pieces to a puzzle that keeps you strong, keeps you pain free, keeps you able to do things like running without pain or prolapse where the organs are falling downward, leaking of urine or incontinence, uh, bowel incontinence. So as an OT, I like to think of it within that context because then I can probe deeper and ask people, what does your day look like? Or what are the things that you're not able to do because of this problem? You know, because you're, Mm -hmm. because you're, you're, you're leaking urine. And usually there's there's um, things that people can do in their day-to-day life or changes. They can make behavioral changes um, that will make a big difference. And it might not actually Mm -hmm. be the pelvic floor that the the focus might, might not be the pelvic floor. It might be, Oh, you had a baby and you have stretched out the tissues in in the front of the barrel. And now you have a a huge diastasis recti, which is causing problems that, look like pelvic floor but Mm. maybe they're more diastasis um if that makes sense yes it absolutely does thank you that was an excellent rundown um and I love the OT spin on it as well um just putting it in the context of their their everyday life I think is something that unique that you probably bring to it um and I also know that or I think is yoga part of your practice at all? Yes. Or is that totally? Yes. Yeah. So before going into this area, I was teaching yoga. I was teaching, I was doing prenatal and postpartum yoga myself. I was teaching it. And um, in my practice now, a huge part is looking at um, exercise intervention and how to kind of support people to strengthen or stretch their pelvic floor as needed with the breathing component, which is super important because Mm. that's the top, that's that top of the barrel that I was talking about. So if you, if you're not, if you're breathing shallow, which so many of us are, and it's kind of like one of my first observations when I meet someone, if you're breathing really shallow or you have a lot of tension in your shoulders or upper body, you probably aren't getting that 
movement in your diaphragm that is signaling your pelvic floor to also move. So you may be Mm -hmm. stiff throughout that whole barrel. The whole torso may be stiff, which, um, which can cause a lot of issues, including pain, pain with, um, pain with urination, pain with sex, pain with movement. Um, so we do a lot of movement to first see what the challenges are, what the restrictions might be. Um, and then we work on like a specific exercise prescription, which a a lot of it is yoga and Pilates based Mm -hmm. movements for that person. That's great. It sounds like you've really kind of carved a niche for yourself out of your specialization, but also your personal interests as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's how I got into it for sure. For sure. It's, it's some, it's, I feel like you can't, you know, carve out an area for yourself if you're not passionate about it. I've tried Mm -hmm. that and that doesn't work very well. (laughs) (laughs) It just doesn't. You need so much, you need a lot of motivation. And if you're, if you don't have a personal interest in your life outside of work, it's hard. It's really Mm -hmm. hard. Yeah. (laughs) That actually leads really well into our next question, which is what motivates you? So um, my son is a, is 21 months old. So, so I gave birth to him 21 months ago. And in my prenatal um, time, I saw a pelvic floor physiotherapist and became very interested in this field that I really had nothing, no knowledge about. Um, but I, people had said to me, this is a good idea to prep for your birth. And of course, like most first time moms to be, I was terrified, terrified of giving birth. (laughs) So I thought anything that's going to kind of make the journey smoother, I am, I'll sign up for, I'll try anything, Um, including which I knew going in was the internal work where you're sort of, I mean, if you, if you make it awkward, it can be very awkward. You're talking to someone as (laughs) they, they put their fingers in your vagina and sort of push on different muscles of your pelvic floor, mm-hmm. ask you to squeeze their finger with your pelvic floor muscles. Um, and I, I, I learned a lot. And I was think I was saying that it's not like the bicep, which I say, I say to a lot of clients that I work with, it's not like the bicep muscle where you can see it, but it is a muscle and you can contract and relax it the way that you would your bicep if you're, if you're doing a bicep curl. And a lot of people don't realize that they're constantly in a state of contraction right. uh, of that muscle and what that does, what, what message that sends throughout the body. It's sort of like if you're constantly having your shoulders up at your ears, it has a cascading effect down your body that you're tight everywhere. Um, you're, and, and you, you know, you feel that on many levels, that tension. So Mm -hmm. same thing with the pelvic floor, which sort of holds up all of your organs and, um, is responsible for urination and going number two and sexual health. If you, if you're constantly in a state of fight or flight that that mm-hmm. holding you can have all sorts of challenges with with um urination with with sex with peeing and I was terrified of that happening during birth that I wouldn't be able okay. to 
you know, push the baby, <laughs> push the baby out. Right. Um, so I got into it. I really got into it in my pregnancy and actually during my mat leave started to do more training and got involved. I'm actually working at the clinic that I myself did pelvic physio at, or as a, I, was a great. I was a patient here and then asked them, um, will you hire me? Mm-hmm. So that, that really motivated sort of because of the stage of life I'm in. I think, I mean, so many of us are motivated by what, you know, what we're doing at a certain stage of life where we are. And I feel like I'm in uh, this baby making period of my life. <laughs> and I, I'm, yeah, I'm interested in, in supporting people going through similar, similar things to me. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and when you said, when you were talking about releasing your shoulders, I just automatically yeah. drop, felt, felt mine drop. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, it's, but that it's so subconscious and even more so with the pelvic floor, it's not like you can look in a mirror and see that your posture, you know, you can look in the mirror and see that your shoulders are shrugged up and that your posture mm-hmm. is off. And you can see how you look when you've got stress written on your face, but you can't see that down below. So I right. think there's a big um, market for reminding people about that down below area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My next question was going to be, if you had to write a tagline for your practice, what would it be? <laughs> <laughs> the Janet Danziger for your down belows. Yeah. <laughs> or, uh, Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess pelvic health, Jana Danziger, pelvic health for everyday function and well-being, maybe. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I try to use the holistic lens where I'm really probing into kind of everything that could possibly be contributing to a challenge that someone's going through. And mm-hmm. that's the sort of stuff where the physios in our clinic don't necessarily have the time Um, And that's, they're doing so much internal work that they don't necessarily get into the depth of, oh, you know, like, how are you bending over when you, you, oh, you work with heavy boxes. This brings us full circle, Katie, to our prism days of moving and feeling ergonomics. (laughs) But, you know, oh, you know, let me see you pick up a weight. And I kind of have the liberty of time and all of my props in my, my office here where it's like, can I see how you would pick this up? And maybe that's how they're picking their baby up from the ground, or maybe that's how they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're picking things up in their day-to-day life. Um, and so I can see like, oh, you're holding your breath as you do that. And we, we do a lot of education on what that means, what's going on inside your body when you hold your breath and you take mm-hmm. on a weight from an, in an awkward posture and you do that over and over and over again. Um, what that looks like as pressure downwards on your pelvic floor. And it makes a lot more sense to people why then they have urgency that all of a sudden they have to go to the bathroom and they hardly make it there Um, or any number of issues. It makes more sense to them. So, and I, I, I can't help now, but apply it to my own life. So if, you know, Mm -hmm, like if I'm sitting on the toilet, I'm thinking, uh, and if I'm constipated, <laughs> too much information, but I'm, I'm thinking, oh, I don't want to push too much because I don't want to put too much pressure on my pelvic floor. Like, mm-hmm. let me be, I'll revisit this bathroom break in a bit, you, you know, <laughs> and 
also why I'm so passionate about like uh, the squatty potty, for example, where you can get your your knees up higher than your hips. Right. You're going to the bathroom. So some some of it is just very practical things that people can do um, and implement in their everyday lives Mm -hmm. to help to help not just with their pelvic floor, but it, you know, that whole barrel, that whole barrel of the torso. Right. Yeah. And it seems that I love the way that you distinguish between your practice and the physio practice, which I would assume is more established. I'm just wondering, do you know how many OTs are practicing in this area? Do you have a sense? You know what? I don't think it's a lot in, in Toronto slash Canada. I know Mm -hmm. in one of the, one of the people that I, I, one of the courses I took is through a therapist and OT in New York and she, her business is called the functional pelvis, which actually I would really like as a tagline, but I can't use it. <laughs> right. Um, and she's established a great practice. Also, she goes, she, she's hired people now. She's become quite successful to go to people's homes and do, they do house calls. And she does look at, she looks at things like how your, your bedroom is set up, how your, if you, you know, if you're newly postpartum, how your baby's change table is set up. All of that mm-hmm. stuff that's really OT focused that really physio wouldn't do. Right. Um, so I don't think so. She's in the states, and I know in the states, and in 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 the states, you can do internal work as an OT. So you you would be bringing that lens of the function, the 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 ergonomics that I was talking about, plus doing internal work if you wanted right. to. Here here in Canada, other than I think maybe. I think maybe Alberta, don't quote me, but you can't, OTs don't have that within their scope of practice to do internal work. So that's just not even something that I've looked at. Mm-hmm. We can't do it. Um, so, and, and, and because my interest is in exercise and yoga, I'm really focused on that mm-hmm. right now. Well, thank you so much for for sharing. I think that this has been probably really eye-opening for a lot of people. Um, I have one last question for you. Yeah. Um, I think that you've probably already sort of hit on this one, but can you please send one inspiring message to the OT class of 2020? For sure. Okay. I would say that just to have a very open mind of what you can do within the field of OT, I think you know, historically, it's been a lot more narrow of a of a field. And more and more as each year goes by, there's, there's more things that you can do within OT if you think creatively outside the box and pull in your passions from your mm-hmm. your life outside of school and outside of outside of school outside of work and placement, and see how that might apply to an area that you've that you've come in contact with. And I think you know, if you're passionate about something, you can, you can make it happen with a little perseverance. So I hope I have I faith. It. Yeah. I have faith that you can, you can do something really great with your OT degree. Yeah. <laughs> That's a perfect way to end our talk today. I just want to thank you for your passion, your candor 
<laughs> the TMI moments I'm not editing out. I love them. <laughs> I think that we need more sort of real talk <laughs> in this profession and you've given it to us. So um, I just want to thank you so much for your time, Jana. Thank you, Katie. It's a pleasure. And um, yeah, I would love to chat again. It's, it's yes, been great. I would too.